one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. As always, thanks for joining us. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy. In this episode, the adventurers are still underground beneath Lagam. They had a tense conversation with Voidfriend, and now they're looking to explore more of the facility. Rooms are opened, languages are read, and Rufus is more than a little disappointed. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrend, and Jory investigate more imprinted echoes of this structure. You will know. Well, that's not ominous. <laughs> you don't need to roll anything to get the feeling that that is ominous. I will say that in the time that you've spent with Voidfriend, the one thing that you know is that you assume all beings of this sort, but at least Voidfriend is incredibly territorial. Mm -hmm. It is one of the three motives listed for this type of being in the bestiary. Ugh. That's gonna go well. All right. Maybe we can find another source of energy, too. We're going to have to. There's a great wide world. No reason we have to keep this search local. It's not worth hurting another type of being. There is also the possibility that this is not the only type of energy in this facility. It's simply the only type of energy that Void Friend can use. Yeah. Very true. Mercy knows. Folks that were here had to... I can't imagine that was... That they got all of their power from sound. There has to be something else. Void Friend, would you mind if we continue exploring? You are welcome to explore. But whatever it was that you did to disrupt the energy the first time you were here, please don't. You remember that plugging in that device yeah. in the upper room is when Void Friend first appeared. Right. Now to start a war with the mole people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to. I don't want to start a war with sentient space. <laughs> there is always... An option C. It's always an option C. We will find option C and we will sail on it. Option C is buggering out. <laughs> At this point, Adriel kind of has been leaning against a wall near the entrance that you guys came in. Calls out, Rufus! And the, her voice echoes <laughs> down through the room. And you hear a little, like, screech yelp of surprise. And Rufus's head kind of like pops out from one of the rows and they come scurrying back, running back. There are just so many things here. These towers are massive sources of energy and I don't know how it's there, but each one could power so much. 
This is astounding. We can use all of this. We can use none of this. <laughs> so what? Ju- it's, 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 it's sustaining a life form. We will kill people. It if can we sustain use it. us. But 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 there's also somebody else who's living that n- needs it to live as it is without disturbing it. Void friend ripples and ripples. Yeah, l- let's mm-hmm. let's not let's not. We're, we're not going to take the energy. We're not going to take the energy. You're going to have to explain to me why. But I get the feeling that now should not be the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. We got to figure it out. All right. Well, um, can we go back up to the room now? Sure. Great. And. They take off. <laughs> yep. Okay. Glow, glow globe floating like right above their shoulder, just running down the hallway and back up to that staircase. I think somebody mm-hmm. might need to uh, babysit a- them. Adriel follows. Yeah. <laughs> just to make right. sure that nothing gets plugged in. She's just shaking her head. All right. We should probably work out a plan to explore more of this place then, see if we can find something else. Indeed. Is there anything else I can do for you? Not at present, unless you have, like, blueprints or something for how this all was put together. Void friend takes a second trying to process the word blueprints. <laughs> right. No, we do not have an understanding of the ins and outs of this place. There are many places we have not been. Fair enough. That's okay. We can document it as we look. Would you be able to point us to the nearest of the places you do not go? Void friend points... Through the wall? I see. It was worth a try. May Mm -hmm. I ask, do you not go in that direction because it's dangerous, or just because you have had no reason to go that way? We do not seek information. We have no reason to go any other place other than the place that sustains us. I see. Okay, well, thank you. You keep being your dynamite self. I'm gonna go wander away. I might I might press another thing so I can hear some more gibberish. You guys all turn to leave. Edos follows. Void friend does one more ripple before disappearing and reappearing about a hundred yards, hundred feet rather, down the hallway and just kind of popping out mm-hmm. until you don't see. <sighs> this could get complicated. What if we found a way to filter out energy that we need without taking the type of energy that they need so that technically, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe also might be worth looking into a way that we can use, like, reconstruct what they've got going on down here. But if we could re- reconstruct what they have, we could just construct something of our own for us, right? That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> or maybe find something decommissioned. I don't know. We so, gotta, we gotta f- explore this joint first before we can actually make a call on that. I have a feeling it's not going to be all that benign. Hmm. We need to start mapping this place. I think. Agreed. Edos nods. Yes, a map or a plan of some sort. Knowing exactly where everything is and where we should avoid all those good things is a very good idea. Is that a skill that any of you have? Coincidentally, I haven't chosen my jack-of-all-trades skill for the day. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I do also have navigation as well, so I could probably help out quite a bit. 
So that's definitely helpful. Give me a second here. Combination of the two might be like navigation to make sure we don't get turned around and get lost and then map making to actually record it. Yeah, I'll say that Jory using navigation to make sure you don't get lost in the moment and then I'll allow your flex skill for the day be cartography. Yeah. Mm. We can plot out everything that we've encountered up to this point. Yes, that is easily done. It doesn't take you long. Are you guys back up in the main room at this point? Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. You're up there and Rufus is like two inches away, like face two inches away from one of the panels, just kind of like looking at everything very, very, very closely, not pressing anything. And they pop their head back up as you guys come in. Right, so we can plug it in now? No. But you said we could. I said we could come and look. I didn't say we could plug anything in. (sighs) Why can't we plug it in? And why can't we use the energy down there? We will be murdered by a bunch of creatures that haven't done us any harm. Oh. 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 They sustain life force from this energy, and they have asked us not to disturb it and made not terribly veiled threats if we do disturb it. Well, this is complicated. A little bit. So, way I see it, we've got a couple of choices here. We can... We can go and range out, see if we can find another source of energy, either down here or somewhere in the great wide out there. We can try and expand the energy collection down here and see if we can pull some off of that without hurting what they're trying to feed off of. Or we could say to heck with it and uh, just start pulling energy willy-nilly and, you know, come what may. I'd rather not do that, seeing as, you know, that they're not hurting anyone. We're trying not to hurt anyone. I also seem to remember Void Friend being able to basically create a bomb. Like, dynamite self is actually an accurate description. So, yeah, we don't want them to hurt us. <laughs> yeah. You get the impression that that was not necessarily something that could be done very readily. They themselves are... Actually, I'll have everyone roll me, if you want to know a little bit more about Void Friend kind of intuitively, intellect level three. Success. Success for Jory. Success with the 12. Awesome. Yeah. All three of you pass. 13, 12, and 17. What you get is that, so that process of like creating that small detonation device, it's probably not something that could happen often, but the damage that they could do, that the same kind of like electrical feel you would get from being too close to something that is highly statically charged is the same feel that you get from being too close to Void Fred. You get the feeling that this would do a lot of damage to a creature if you get too many of them in one place. I'll read this to you. They can attack with a fiery plasma touch and fire a bolt at long range, but each time it does so, it loses a point of health. So the idea that it can attack with parts of itself but it kind of decreases. You feel that they could probably regenerate that, probably within the energy fields. Also, just pointing out, there are at least 70 of them. 
Yeah, they could um, they could do some damage to us if they decided to. Also, one thing that I would worry about is if they decided they did not want us here, they might use those detonations to close our access to this place. Eros has been nodding. Everything you say makes sense. I just don't know how comfortable I am continually being at the mercy of some sort of otherworldly being living beneath the settlement, constantly worrying that they might think that something we're doing is stealing their energy and then making a violent move against us. That is a terrible place to continue to live. I mean, I mean, you've been living here for a year already, and you, nothing happened until we came down here. Now, if you feel safer, I mean, honestly, if you're worried about that, safest thing to do is just wall this place back off and call it what it is. You know, it's a, it's a bad take. Just don't come on down here, and you know we'll be fine. I have a feeling some people wouldn't like that idea, and I nod on over to Rufus, but. If you want pure safety, you were fine without knowing them. And this place probably would have gone on humming just fine without any of us mucking around down here. Now, that being said, even if we do decide to do that, we should probably poke around a little bit more, just in case. There are some decisions to be made, but more information about what this place holds is going to be key to that. Agreed. Very well. I will leave it up to you. Whether or not you would like the three of us to continue on with you, or if you would like us to stay here and continue searching about in this area, in this large room, I make my promise here that we will not plug in structure, regardless of how much Rufus wants to. And you kind of hear Rufus go, Ugh! It is for your own good. Might I suggest Rufus? Yes. Rather than attempting to plug in the structure and get it working, memorize as much as you can and develop an understanding of what it's made of to see if it can be replicated. Okay. Or maybe we can find an alternate power source for it. Bring the power to it instead of plugging it in. Maybe, maybe that's a thing, yes. I will spend some time uh, figuring that out. Are you okay if I stay here to do that? Or do you want me to come with you? No, y'all three should probably stick around here, I think. I think it makes more sense for us three to keep going. We'll come back and tell you what we find. Adriel says, well, if you are going off on your own, then at least let's have a way to communicate in case something goes terribly wrong, which I wouldn't be surprised if it did down here. And she holds out four discs, small, like, quarter-sized discs. These are exactly the same type of cipher that you saw Sentha have on her temple. These are communication discs. They usually come in pairs, but it seems like this one is a quartet. So it could be the three of you and one other person. That's a good idea. It will last only for 28 hours, only a day's worth here. But it will allow you to communicate with the people using them at any distance. It is verbal communication. Uh, it's not your brain or anything that would be something else entirely. 
Would you like them, or should maybe just one of you, or how would you like to do this? I think all three is a good idea. That way, in case we get separated, we can all check in. Uh, can I have someone roll me a d6, please? Yeah. Three. Right, so these are a level four cipher, if it ever comes up. It doesn't... This one doesn't have anything that is directly tied to the level within its description, but if it comes up, you have to, like, make rolls against it or want to do anything to it. It is a level four cipher. And she shows you how to kind of, like, there's, like, a sticky film on the back that you peel off and adhere it to your temple or your jaw, however you would wish to. And it kind of, like, adheres. It's like a like a silver film almost that goes on and then you feel like a warm sensation as that adhesive gel kind of like melts into your skin a little bit and then you feel kind of like a like an electrostatic buzz a little bit like uh, almost like a vibration in your skull as it activates uh i'm picturing one of the um the anti-theft things in books oh yeah exactly like that yep it has like the like the little puffy outside mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the silvery inside. Yep, yep. And it sticks to pages because monsters put them on actual pages sometimes. Oh, Ooh. God, no. Instead of, like, the inside of the back cover? Yeah, or, like, like I think once, like, like not on a page with words, but on, like, a dedication page or something like that. It's like, Ooh, what the, what the heck? Yeah. Because people are monsters. So, there is one other entrance. I assume that's where you're heading. Yep. Okay. Nehemiah, you had a glow globe active. It is probably mm-hmm. at this point halfway depleted. Perfect. Yeah, I'll keep mine out and keep it going. Cool. Um I'll have it floating ahead of me and I'll just like poke it like my my sword spear right through the very end of it so I've got it like held out about, you know, five feet in front of us. Good. Continue moving along. And this is a for right now, a straight hallway, but it's relatively short. Once you get to the end, it is a hallway that seems to curve outwards left and right. So not like, not curve away from you, but kind of curve back. Okay. To the extent where you would assume that since the room you left was circular, this might enclose that room. Interesting. Does anyone have something to flip for left or right? I mean, I, 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 I feel like... Not specifically. I've got a lot of weird stuff, um, so. I mean, I've, I've, I take out, I, I hit the button on my uh, tasteless gel maker. Oh yeah. And a piece of gel comes out. I was like, I mean, I could just throw yep. this on the ground, and whichever way it splats more. Sure. I don't want to waste a whole bunch of food. I'll eat most of it, and then I chuck it to the ground. Roll me a die. We'll say, odds is left, and evens is right. I have rolled a four. Okay. It bounces right. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Is that the way you're going or is that the way you're not going? No, that's the way we're going. The gel has spoken. The the fates have told us where to go. Okay. You head right. (laughs) What do we say to the god of gel? To the right. To the right. Take it back now. (laughs) One hop this time. (laughs) Right foot. Let's go. Right, let's go. Oh, I'm having such <laughs> violent flashbacks to specifically, for some reason, date dance my junior year of high school. 
date dance. Yeah, what is date dance? Well, it was basically like a semi-formal sometime around Valentine's Day. And rather than mm. calling it a Sadie Hawkins dance, because it was an all-girls school, so every dance we had was a Sadie Hawkins dance, <laughs> they just called it date dance. So did you have to like... Right. As I recall, you did not I, have to bring a date. I'm pretty sure I went by. I was myself. gonna say, like I, I, I've never really thought about the logistics of, like, of a dance at an all at an ostensibly Catholic all girls school. I mean, it's it's a Catholic all girls school, but it was a college prep school, so they weren't like oh. it was. Yeah, it was pretty normal. It was pretty much just like, yeah, if you are bringing, if there's going to be boys at the dance, you have to bring your own, basically. (laughs) (laughs) BYOB. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) And as as I recall, for most of the dances, we were not allowed to, like, you couldn't bring a female date. So if you had, like, a female friend at another school, you couldn't bring them because they didn't want to encourage Mm. lesbianism. Um, Although I, I do remember, this is totally off topic and pat's gonna have to edit this out um but or or we leave it in um yeah it's this is a charming story there was a girl one of the one of the small handful of girls in my year that was out while we were in school um brought her long-term girlfriend to prom disguised as a guy (laughs) (laughs) and like this was involved because we had to have like there was like a permission slip that had to be signed by the other person's principal and there was like it was like a whole thing and somehow she got it through and so her and her girlfriend was like relatively butch also and so she came in like a tux with like a fedora with her hair tucked up inside it and like and also it was prom there was a receiving line of teachers like and it just like i think that's some did it that's did some it work sh- yeah like they didn't get kicked out they they had prom together it was that's like and we all and we all heck, knew about it too it. that was the best part is like a, most of uh, most of the students knew it was happening how that's astonishing it's yeah I love it. It was fantastic. I, I both do. No, I do. I do want this movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, real talk. Real talk. Z. I mean, I haven't played Monster Hearts, but this sounds like real Monster Hearts. Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Absolutely, Monster Hearts. Yes. But they just had Homecoming, so prom's a little bit tough. But once, once you hit prom. Oh, I have so many all-girls school stories that I could tell you if you need inspiration. <laughs> good. good. Kira Knightley took a girl to the prom, and they banned their photo because they had a kissing photo, and they banned it. I love her so much. Mm. That's it. My rant is done. It's fine. My friend Carly. My friend Carly Johnson somehow managed to have like four male dates to prom, <laughs> like for the same prom, yeah. or and it was it was a weird thing where it was like she was the only single girl in like a large group of friends. And so they made it a joke that like all of her friends, boyfriends weren't actually going with their respective girlfriends. They were being brought to the prom by those girls so they could be Carly's dates. (laughs) So there's an amazing prom picture of her with like 
a bunch like the traditional pose but like four guys lined up behind her <laughs> like all holding each other by the that's waist so consecutively <laughs> that's really good it's, i love these stories it's marvelous guys going to an all-girls school was way better than it had any right to be but i'm also straight and cis so that's that's a thing it's a lens mm. anywho <laughs> so you guys go to the right <laughs> Which is what got us here in the first place. You take the right hallway. And it does continue to gently and slowly curve around again, as though it might be encircling that main central room that you were in originally. Eventually, you get to essentially a double set of stairs. One going up, one going down. I would suggest that since the room where all the batteries were was down, perhaps we explore downward first? Sure. Why not? As we're going, I'm kind of like, I have like a piece of paper or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, And you're just writing things down as you go. Yeah, absolutely. I assume as much. You go down the stairs and it takes you down to a level that is just below. This one also seems to have the same curving pattern, so almost as though it's the same like hallway, just a level below. And there are a handful of doors, left and right. Is there anything on them? Any sort of like little placard or sign? There seems to be a like plaque on the door itself. It says something, but you can't read it. Jory, can you read that? I will look. So, let me double check. Yeah, I don't remember but if it was only an auditory processor. I, I, I'm pretty I sure I think it is. It is. Mm-hmm. I, think I want to double is. check, but I'm 99% sure. If somebody wants to read it, <laughs> I, can, I can listen to them. <laughs> if only it was in an alphabet we recognize. Huh. Okay, so this is... It's unclear. It is, it is kind of. The creature can understand the words of a specific language keyed to the graft. This is true even of creatures that do not normally have a language. If the creature could already understand the language, the cipher has no effect. The graft attaches and the effect is permanent. The device no longer counts against your number of ciphers. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about it being auto, you know, it doesn't. auditory only. So I think it just, it just says the words. So. Yeah. So... You look at it, and it kind of does that, like, weird, like, swimming effect for a second, where, like, you kind of have to blink and and refocus on it because you're not used to reading via cipher. But this, it's a number. It says 102. It says 102. Oh. And if you look, like, kind of left and right, all of them are numbered, like, 101, 102, 103, 104, going on down the way. Huh. I'd like to, like, actually, I, I'm going to retcon. I'm going to say I've been recording our path on a page in my notebook. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, yeah. in, in my mentor's notes, I'd like to flip to a fresh page and start recording these symbols mm-hmm. and putting what Jory says they say next to them to try and start. So starting a Rosetta Stone, essentially. Yep. Absolutely. No problem. I like it. I like it. Love I like it. it. So good. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Eventually you will be able to translate things, but it'll take a little while. So, you now know that these 
rooms are numbered. And next to each of the doors, similar to the rooms that found when you first entered, that seem to be living quarters, these ones have panels next to them. They look slightly different, maybe a little more robust than the other ones. I will use the tip of my spear and just kind of tip a door open. These are the, the doors that, that slide. <laughs> I will use it to pry a door open. Okay. The one uh, that you, you kind of poke around in a couple of them, a lot of these seem to be locked in mm-hmm. some way, like basically the keypad having kept them shut. But you find one that was like ever so slightly ajar and you're able to wrench it in there. Can I have you make me a might level three? Certainly. Might level three. Am I trained in this? I'm going to say no. Okay. Unless there's something that you think would apply, which is fine nah. if you do. Success. Yeah. Uh, 14. Ooh, perfect. You wrench it in. Don't do any damage to you. Don't do any damage, you think, to the door. And you open it into, this one seems to be a storage closet. There are shelves kind of along the, the walls. It's not a huge room, but enough that it would hold a bunch of stuff. It looks like there is a handful of bits and bobs of iodum and pieces of, of stuff. Nothing fully formed, but in Jory, in looking at the labels on some of them, you do find one shelf that says, wrong cables. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> Look at this. Are there any cables still there? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't tell them what it says because I'm too busy being excited. <laughs> it's, it's all the wrong cables. <laughs> it's so good. Sorry. Of what's in here, are there things that it might be useful to take back to Rufus? Any and all. Mm-hmm. There is... It's it's it this is essentially like an engineer's dream. It is just a bunch of scrap parts that could be used in and of themselves or taken apart to even smaller components. That any and all of these things could be useful to Rufus at any given point. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to specifically mark this room on the map then if there's that much they could use and we can come back and, and grab it later. Right. This is room 103. 103. This seems to be the only door that was ajar in any way. The rest seem to be shut via keypad. Gotcha. And did you say they are different or similar to the keypads from that original hallway? Similar in make, but they seem maybe more secure. Mm. Like they weren't, you know, partially exposed to the elements for half a billion years. Yes. Can I... Just knowing what I do of those keypads we encountered before, try a couple mm-hmm. of combinations, see if I can get this open. Yeah, I will say that you, if any of you, I will say that you are trained in this since you have worked with keypads like this before, and it is usually a level five. All right, so and it will be difficulty five, but trained. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything else you want to try to apply, you can. Could I argue that having worked with these before gives me an asset and then I'm able to apply my espionage skill so I'm trained? Or would you prefer to just stick with straight trained? So that you guys can utilize other skills, I will say you have an asset in doing this. Cool. Is there a specific door that you are looking at? I don't know. Guys, what do we think? I mean, we can try any of them, really. Um, 
How about that first one, room 102? All right. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. All right. I I would like to look at the keypad to 102 and try to see mm-hmm. if I can open it. So it's a difficulty five, but with your asset and your skill, that would be a level three. Cool. Intellect, I would assume? Yes. So roll a nine or better. Success with a nine. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> or so barely. It takes you a second. And you almost press one key instead of the other, but you hesitate and press the correct one. And the door hisses and slides open. As you step in, this seems to be a, not quite a lab. It's kind of a little too far. It's a very small room and seems to be like a, it's a room with a small table and some shelves. Like, it's definitely a workspace, but not quite big enough to be a lab of any sort or or a true workshop. Maybe a janitor's closet to the best that you might be able to to equate it to hmm. there's some bits and bobs in here but nothing of nothing of substance i mean keep it open might be more for rear to dig through mm-hmm. so they can find something i will say to speed up time you open up a couple more doors there is most of them are, are storage nothing has as much in it as room 103 But eventually you kind of make your way down and you get to room 106. And this one, in addition to a number on the door, has a sign below it that Jory can read also says Lab 1. Laboratory 1, my good friends. Copy all of that. All right. I have never felt so smart in my whole life and I did exactly nothing to earn it. (laughs) <laughs> I will You took the risk of putting that thing on your brain. That ain't oh, that, nothing. I, that's fair, I guess. I will ask Jory, does it say the full word laboratory or is it lab? It, it just says lab. Excellent. Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Alright. Let's uh let's try this one. Cool. Who's opening it? Um I'll I try will it. try Oh, fine, oh. fine. Oh Jory Jory do it. Have Jory try it. And difficulty of this one? So it's level five, but you have an asset. And then if there's any skill you feel would apply. Um, outside of navigation, not really anything, honestly. That's fine. Okay. Uh, intellect? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Success! Great. You needed to roll a 12 or better. You rolled a 13. All right. (laughs) You guys are just getting there. Yeah. That's good. You, from watching Small Room, what you understand to be the pattern of numbers. And again, it hisses. And I'm going to have you roll perception. Okay. And I'm going to allow danger sense to apply. Well, I have perception and danger sense. Uh, and difficulty? Level three. Okay. All right. Okay. So I am trained. Difficulty three. Intellect, yeah. Um, I yeah. I succeeded. So okay. yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen is a success there. Yes. Cool. It hisses. And you immediately smell something different. Rather than the kind of like like metally sterile smell, kind of like musty, but not like dirty smell that you've had throughout the course of this you smell decay 
Bad smell. Bad smell. What's going on? And as the door opens, you hear a chittering. I don't like it. Can Can I see inside at all? Yes. You see these kind of, like, football-shaped, but medium-dog-sized beetles of these kind of blue-green mottled carapace and these proboscis-like tongues that flit out and eyes kind of, like, almost along the sides of their body and multiple arms kind of, like, skittering underneath them. You see five of them and they are like tearing at something on the ground and a quick you quickly notice that kind of on the like ceiling portion of things there is a hole in the ceiling that is let down here like it chewed through and, and came into the room sort of thing not necessarily okay it could be but it's it's a hole that ostensibly leads up Do we want to fight them? Because I think we're going to have to fight them. And there's a a hiss as one of these things kind of like the tongue flits up a couple of times as it like feels a new wave of air and kind of like turns towards you and gives a screech and starts sprinting at you. These things are incredibly fast. I would like to try and close the door. Yes. Okay, I, I, I'm right next to it, so I think I, I will try. I'm assuming okay. it's just a button. Or, um, you, or would, is it you, like have, a... you have to key in the same thing you did previously. Okay, do I so, remember what I did? Yes, you remember okay. what you did. I'm going to up it one level because you're under pressure, and I'm actually going to make this a speed roll instead of intellect. Because <laughs> you're trying to do it quickly. You know it. You've done it before. You don't have to think about exactly what it is, but you have to do it quickly. And oh, accurately. failed. Oh, I failed. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna have to find a bunch of bugs. I'm sorry. Sorry. Can I attempt a similar role using my overcoming fear, intimidation, or panic when I see that she's struggling with it to try and jump in and do it in time? Yes, but I'm gonna offer you a GM intrusion. Okay. So, you will be able to jump in and try and, with your calm demeanor, try and get the keypad in correctly. However, the creature is moving at you at such a speed that you do not think that you're going to be able to get it shut in time. So, you can take that and and close it, but probably have the creature on your side of the door. Or give me one XP to say, no, I get it done in time. Mm. You know what? One of these is better than all of them. I'm going to just go with it. Yeah. I'm going okay. try to so try to close you, the door with the expectation it will be on our side. Okay. You get one XP and you get to give one XP to someone else. Excellent. Jory, this is all you. We're in this together. So go ahead and make... It'll still be a level six. six. You'll have the asset and I will allow your overcoming panic and danger and fear to apply. So level four ostensibly. Okay. And I am also going to spend for a point of effort in my speed. A good idea. And it's still a failure with a six. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, so, you get up to the keypad and you try and punch it in, and even though you carefully calculated, I know we're gonna have to fight this one, but I'm gonna close it off to the rest of them, 
you mistype it and you get a sound. And before you can even think about trying to input it again, you have the one creature nearly on top of you and out the door and the other four rushing at you. I'm going to have everybody roll initiative. Uh, (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. It's a good time. Oh, ow. No. Why? Okay, so... Rin rolls a 13, Bridget rolls a 4, and Chase rolls a 10. These creatures go on a 9. So, Jory and Nehemiah will go before them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Small Rin will go after that. Okay. So, Jory and Nehemiah, you see this coming, and it nearly bowls Smallrin over. Uh, but you guys have a chance to focus yourself and jump at at least this first one, or try and move in to get to the other ones that are now screeching towards you. What do you do? I'm going to attack this first one and try to get it out of the way as fast as possible. Okay. It is going to be a level three if you are trying to attack it. And remember, you do have a light weapon at this point. I do. So it is eased by one automatically. Okay, and is it speed or might? It should be might. Might still, okay. Just wanted to... Untrained might difficulty. Oh, nat 20. Hey. Okay. So you, in your sensing danger moment, you react incredibly fast to what is going on here. Would you like the major effect, or would you like the extra damage? Given that there's so many of them, I'm thinking maybe the major effect might have a a domino effect. We'll see. What would you like that major effect specifically to be? I would like to have been able to stab it in a place that makes it immobile. So you quickly, like, slide next to it and take the dagger, and you kind of see, like, there's a thin gap in between like the top and bottom portions of the shell where its eyes are kind of like on the side and you get the dagger in right between the two parts of that shell and almost like an oyster try and crack it open and you only deal two points of damage but at least this creature in particular is impaired meaning that anything that you are any roll that you make against it is going to be easier for you by one step Nice. Hit them in this this particular spot, you guys. I will, if you want to try to essentially make a called shot, normally I would like up that by a level, but I will leave it at the normal level if you want to try and get that in between the, the shells with Jory's call of that shot. Sure. Right, Nehemiah. All right, I am going to attack the one that's out here. Okay. So what is the difficulty on that? It's a three. Three. So... Success. Awesome. All right. Six damage. Wonderful. It's my big old sword stamp. Where do you hit it? I'm doing this as I'm running by, mm-hmm. and I just give it up a, a sharp jab right in the side, probably getting a little bit into that crack that Jory just made. Sure. And then I am going to post up at the door, like, to try to block any of them from coming out. I turn to Small Ren, and I'm like, you get this thing shut now. <laughs> Please. Understood. The creature that is on the outside of the door is not looking good, but it is technically still standing, uh, if you call it standing. Um, 
And as it does, it unfurls this long, like, tongue-like proboscis. And at the end, you see this, like, kind of, like, sharp, curled stinger. And it lashes out and tries to get at Jory, since Nehemiah moved past it. Jory, make me a... Because this one is impaired. Level two speed defense. Okay. Nice. Speed, speed, speed. But success. Absolutely good. And you are able to kind of, it like wraps around your staff instead of you. And you pull it away and reposition yourself to get another shot at it. The action of the other four is to continue moving them. If something is not done, they will be at you their next turn. Small run. Yeah, I'm going to try to close that door. Go ahead and try and close that door. Awesome. Please. It is still technically a level six, so whatever you have that can apply to bring that down. Yep, I am gonna... And I still have the asset. I'm able to use my overcoming fear, intimidation, or panic to be trained, and I'm gonna spend for a point of effort. (laughs) Good call. Still speed task. All right, here we go. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Success! There we go. And it is an 18. 18. So can I have it close on, like, the back half of this one we're currently fighting or something? Yeah, I like that. So you quickly type in, you're like, I got it! And the door kind of starts hissing shut, and as it does so, it catches, like, the leg of the one that you guys had been fighting, and it screeches and kind of, like, falls to the ground as it, it takes the one point of damage it had left. Yes. (laughs) Killed it with a door. Thank you so much for listening to episode 21 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, which has a lot of fun stuff up from our show as well as our Patreon if you're able to support us monetarily. And in that vein, I'd like to thank Joel, Roger, and our friends at Ice Deer Brewing for their support. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, please consider telling a friend about our show here, or even better, if you could leave us a good rating and review on any podcatcher that will let you, that will go a long way in helping getting our name out there. As always, you can also find all of our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This is a ghost-like media production.